1: Download the free Anchor app and go to Anchor.fm to get started today. What's up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, back again. This is the IDP Army podcast. We were talking mostly IDP. All fantasy football. If you're first time listening, I really appreciate it. Please like, subscribe, um, you know, smash the, the little the thumbs up button. If you're on YouTube or on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those good places, wherever you want to consume it, we will have it for you five-star rating and review would be dope that would help the show a lot if you do that i would appreciate it if not i'm not going to hold it against you um and make sure that you go check out the patreon had a soft launch earlier this year hard launch is coming or i don't know what you call it hard launch main launch whatever that's in a couple of weeks and i will be posting like a, i'll do a big sweep of all kinds of content on that but if you don't want to do that either, that's fine you know there's going to be good free content all the time on the channel um yeah take us out on tiktok twitter you know all those places blah 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 you get it so today we're gonna have a special episode we're gonna be talking 2021 nfl free agency preview i've got an awesome guest for y'all today the man the myth the legend ian Hardovitz of the pff fantasy podcast and composer of elite tweets ian how's it going man appreciate you
0: having me on man i am doing good appreciate uh the kind words but yeah we are recording this on as we were saying, Pi Day slash, uh, you know, time change day, which I guess a daylight savings time if you want to be specific yeah. about it. But anyway, eve of uh, free agency uh, kicking off. We've already got some, uh, you know, big moves that have happened today, already ruining some of my dream signings of the week. But it is what it is. I'm just excited the NFL is back, even though it never really left right in the thick of, uh, you know, all sports coverage.
1: Yeah, and it's moving, you know. I mean, like you said, we had a couple of big things happen just this afternoon, since last time I talked to you earlier, we had Aaron Jones signed a what was that four year uh forty eight million? I got a little banner here. Boom, there mm-hmm. we go. Four eight, four years, forty eight million. That's awesome. I mean, he goes back with the Packers. He was what, running back two, two year last year. What was he this past year? Was he running back two again or three? I think he was in the top five or six. He was he, really he missed a couple games. Yeah, he, on points per game, basically he was still up there. He and Christian McCaffrey, I mean, they're just, they're crazy. Two years ago, but two years ago, it was crazy because Aaron Jones was number two and McCaffrey had, what, 150 more points than him or something crazy. <laughs> but I'm happy to see him stay with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I personally don't have any Aaron Jones dynasty shares. Are you, do you own a lot of, uh, do you manage a lot of Aaron Jones out there? How do you feel about this? I don't,
0: but that was just kind of because, you know, he's always that one guy that kind of is the exception to the volume rules all. Mm -hmm. He just has again and again and again. But if you want him to keep being that exception, what better way to do something to continue to play with Aaron Rodgers? And yeah, I just looked it up. Aaron Jones was the RB five last season. Uh, And yeah, uh, per game and overall. So credit to him on back to back top five seasons. The guy is an absolute monster. I mean, look up any freaking stat about it. And you can truly make an argument that he is, you know, one of the single best running backs in the entire league since coming in. He's number three among 52 backs in PFF rushing grade. He's tied for first in yards per carry. Tied for ninth in yards after contact per attempt. And honestly, the best part of his game that I think is still a little untapped is his receiving ability. I mean, someone as good as him to never have a season with even 50 catches it's just ridiculous, man. Literally, since he came in the league, only Naeem Hines and Austin Eckler have been better yards per out when lined up in the slot or out wide. They really only use Aaron Jones there when like Devontae's hurt and they just need someone else to go out there. But he's really good when they do ask. him. Mean, he can go downfield and stuff too, man. Truly one of the oh, yeah. more talented all-around backs in the league. Now, we always want these types of players to have 300, 400 touches. And okay, I get it. In real life, that's not smart. I, I get why the Packers don't do it. But on the one hand, we wanted him to maybe go somewhere like Atlanta or Miami where he could get that sort of volume but on the other hand you look at where like how running backs do usually in their second contracts when they go somewhere else and the answer is usually not very good at all so uh Jones staying in a familiar offense with Aaron Rodgers still under center he's going to be you know still a top five top six uh you know redraft and dynasty running back I think for at least the next two three years
1: yeah I agree and like you said it's the efficiency and you know what he's done without getting you know 300 plus you know touches yeah. or you know being a true workhorse whatever the hell that means anymore <laughs> you know he's still putting up the points on a per snap basis like you said on the routes run and he's still like they're still ceiling that's the thing about Aaron Jones is there's still a little bit of ceiling there if you know things could break his way so I, I like it too I'm, a, I'm like you I don't really like when guys move you know it, it always makes it a little scary but um we don't have to deal with that. We get it. We get the same yeah. guy in the same offense with the same shit. So run it back. <laughs> Happy to see it. Um, Then we got the official Drew Brees announcement retirement via Instagram. I guess announcing things by Instagram is like the cool thing to do now. <laughs> uh, Brees is hip with the vibe. Uh, but yeah, I I've only been to three or four NFL games in my life, but one of them was in the dome and I have seen Brees IRL Um, it was a great game. He had an overtime comeback. With Alvin Kamara's rookie year. It was a great game. It was him and Kirk Cousins, they dueled it out. That was like the last time anybody saw Kobe Fleener, too. Uh so poor guy. But uh <laughs> Drew Brees, what, what are your thoughts on this with Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? I saw that they did some restructuring with Taysom too. So is this just gonna be sloppy and like you either hit or you don't hit, or what, what's the deal here? So,
0: yeah, first off, you know, all the credit to Drew Brees, PFF's third-highest-grade quarterback behind only Brady and Rodgers since uh, 2006, so, you know, truly year after year, the stuff he was able to accomplish was absolutely ridiculous. I hope they move on to Jameis because with Jameis, we can still have the rest of the Saints' offense. I mean, look, this guy, for look, he makes a lot of mistakes, but he also makes a lot of great plays. Last time we saw him, he was number one in turnover-worthy plays, but he was also fourth in big-time throws. I mean, it's not like, you know, he really is like the best 30 interception quarterback ever because who else is throwing 30 picks? How you got to be pretty damn good to make that many mistakes and still have a coaching staff. Be like, yeah, okay, go back out there, man, because they know there's not really a better option. So yeah. Jameis for Michael Thomas for you know Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, Marquez Calloway, any way you want to shake it, like Jameis and what we'll throw our boy Adam Trotman out there now. He's looking more relevant than ever. But uh look. Jameis, we want him for all those players, even Alvin Kamara, man. Because Taysom Hill, if he's going to be out there, which I don't think he's going to be, all thing, you know, I had Nick uh, Underhill on the PFF Fantasy Pod, and he's saying he thinks it's going to be Jameis. I think Rap Sheet came out and said he's hearing it's going to be Jameis. So everything's looking this way. But man, if it goes Taysom, Taysom's going to be a top freaking five or six fantasy QB because he just, you know, Sean Payton lives to engineer rush attempts for this guy and he's adequate enough passing to just put up points. We saw him do that. He could do it again. You know, dual threat quarterbacks are a cheat code and fancy. So Taysom would be fine. That's about it. I'm sure Michael Thomas can make the most out of it. Credit to him for, you know, making the most out of Taysom, uh noodle arm breeze and freaking Teddy Bridgewater over the past few years. But everything else, man, I just think it'll be too spread out. It'll be what we saw in the short sample size this year. So please, for the love of God, Jameis, not only for entertainment purposes, but also to see what the hell is going to be, you know, hopefully a ceiling with the rest of these guys.
1: Yeah. And you know, if you, if you, I'm with you, I want I want Jameis. I'm a Jameis believer. I don't give a, I don't give a shit. How many picks he throws (laughs) if he goes back out there on the next drive and he can get me down to the red zone. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks that can do that. Sure. He throws interceptions and all that, but you put him back out there. He's not scared to try and drive it down the field again. There's a lot of guys throw picks and it's instant, like they're done, like they just melt. It's, Jameis, it's, la- it's LASIK Jameis now too. We yeah, remember. exactly. I mean, this is not the this ain't the old Jameis Winston, all right, guys? <laughs> and this is Sean Payton. He's gonna look good. You know, he's eating that W a little slower now. You know, so am <laughs> sure you saw the troll of uh, the meme today, but uh I, I hope it's Jameis. Um, and if it is Jameis, you know, it really opens up the second wide receiver in my mind there. We haven't really had a guy. We've talked about a guy. We've wanted a guy to be the second receiver there. It's always Kamara, but Jameis makes people relevant that shouldn't necessarily be relevant. Look at, um, you know, what, what was his name? Uh, Perryman, you know, down the stretch. And even O.J. Howard was more relevant when Jameis was playing there. So I think Jameis is going to be somebody that can elevate people besides Kamara and um you know Michael Thomas who we already know they're gonna get theirs I'm not you know but I'm I'm not I'm I'm a known Saints hater so I'm trying to say things at least you know middle mid, middle of the pack kind of nice about these guys but I think Jameis would be Jameis is the way to go um I like Taysom Hill I mean he's goofy or whatever I mean John you got hatred.
0: Are, are you trying to you got some hatred for Michael Thomas you don't want to tell me about I, what's going on here?
1: I hate Michael Thomas. I mean, what? I'll say that out loud. I don't like him. I've had him one time. I had him his rookie season. I picked him up off waivers and I traded him to a guy from Michael Crabtree. And that's the well, that's only time he... I, had, I had a great <laughs> season without him. I didn't need him. Um, I just don't like his attitude. I mean, if you got a flex after a four yard reception, bro, like something, uh, I mean, I just feel bad for you. I would never the say the this to his competitor. face. Ultimate he would beat competitor. my ass. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, yeah. I mean, you made the reception and he's done. Th- I mean, he's done things that are worthy of giving credit to. So he has like very,
0: that. he has very little overall swag. All he's rocking is like, you know, the gloves and he's got no, you know, taper bands yeah. or anything going and, like that. No visor. Like, come on, come on, man. Would it kill you to like, throw some fresh uh, pregame cleats yeah. on? But I do hate the how the slant boy thing has been turned against him as a negative. Nobody's like, wow, Steph Curry, you know, you shoot too many threes. Like ever tried doing a pull up jumper. Like if it's a Man. route that's everyone knows he's going to run. He's just that dominant at come on. And he's also doing it with freaking again, noodle arm breeze Taysom Hill is a bonafide tight end Teddy Bridgewater who threw 15 freaking touchdowns to one of the best wide receiver cores in the league last year. So one more fun step before I uh, get off this Michael Thomas rant Do it. Since, since 2017, 81 qualified players. Only four have caught at least. Oh, wait. Fuck. I got the wrong stat up. Man, I was in a vibe there.
1: You're all good. No, right. Here we back. we go. You're good.
0: Here we go. Michael Thomas has caught 33 of 36 catchable targets, thrown at least 20 yards downfield since entering the league. That's fourth among 64 guys. He's fine when he goes downfield. The Saints don't throw downfield. It's not yeah. like Michael Thomas not being able to stretch the field is the issue. The Saints have never done this as an offense. Look at Bree's entire career. And it's fine. They don't need him to because they're automatic. But like they've warped this into a negative about him, probably because he set the receptions record and people wanted to crown him as the number one overall receiver, which he's not. No. But he's like, he's top 10, top 12. He's.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like that's a nice range. I like that. A lot of people be like top three. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no, no. easy there. <laughs> I, got <other> <laughs> I got other guys. too. yeah, I mean, I I think and that's the thing, too. Jameis could unlock some of that downfield shit, too. Because I mean, we don't know who these other receivers are really for that team, you know. So if Jameis gets out there and is throwing it deep, I mean, we could see a new Michael Thomas, you know, I mean, think about the narrative that was applied to Stefan Diggs uh his rookie in second season, you know, it was kind of a, a similar, you know, it was more short throws, it was more of a PPR guy. But as his career developed, we started to see, no, I mean that was what we maybe saw early, but that's not the truth. You know, so maybe there's a little more to Michael Thomas than meets the eye. We've only seen him with Drew Brees. When Jameis hits the field, you know the A dot's gonna be a little bit deeper. So yeah. I'm 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 you know I'm I'm maybe in if I can get him cheap uh-huh. this year. I might be in go. some places. So we'll see. Um all right we had the big DAC news. Um Quickly. I mean, I am a, used to be a known Dak hater too. I'm just a big hater, Um, but I love, but I love Dak now. I love his attitude. I love that. He, he just seems like a guy that he seems like a man. If that, if that makes sense, like he doesn't seem like he went from like, he's not, he's not like some of these boys, you know, he's not yeah. Drew Lock gives me that kind of boy feel. Even Mitchell Trubisky gives me that kind of pouty boy feel. Dak Prescott seems like he's been through some shit to where like, he is a man now and he just, he takes care of his business. And I respect that a lot, and especially for somebody that I hated. I always watch guys that I hate, you know, because I want to critique him. He's wanting me over. I love Dak yeah. Prescott. I'm glad he got the money. I'm glad he's on a big market team. I'm glad he's got some dope ass wide receivers. I'm glad Zeke's still there. This defense fucking sucks. But what do you think about Dak coming into <laughs> this next year?
0: Well, I think you're right. I mean, it's been a nice progression from uh, Dak over the years because if you remember, I mean, look, 2016 was one of the best rookie seasons we've seen. But I mean, when 2017 came around, like we, and even 2018 before they got Amari Cooper, like we saw some real lows from Dak where this offense couldn't score freaking 10 points, mm-hmm. uh, you know, without Tyron Smith for some games. And Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott, when he had that suspension, it was things Zick's weren't fault. working.
1: All they want to do is hand the ball to Zeke. They just kept giving it to Zeke. I don't think I think Zeke held Dak back a little bit early on personally, because he's a fourth round guy or fifth. And they're like, well, we don't want we know we have a fourth overall running back. So let's just hand him the ball. And I was anyway, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds (laughs) on Zeke. But I but you're right. I don't think Zach Dak was really put in a position to show off everything he could do until a couple of years later. And I mean, look, Zeke
0: also, the difference between 2016, 2020, Zeke, which one you want to give the ball to a little bit more for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there was a legit argument whether it was, you know, okay, I think we can all agree Dak has always been more important to the Cowboys offense than Zeke, but you could make a much better argument, you know, not that long ago because this passing game just really didn't look good at all. Now, I think we figured out that was because all they had was, you know, once Beasley left and they had an aging Des Bryant for that year, like it took them to get Amari Cooper, Gallup and now CeeDee Lamb. And now we've seen what Dak can do with legit weapons. But in 2020, that offensive line was a wreck, man. Like, none of their freaking first-round picks, uh, other than Zach Martin, even played 10-plus uh, games that they've had for years. And that was always a cornerstone of this team. We had seen Dak fall apart before, not in 2020. He was still able to put up big numbers, even in a non- ideal situation. So, look, they're only going to be better moving forward. And even in fantasy land, dude, this defense still looks like a joke. So, I mean, one shoot out after another, again, uh, with the Cowboys boys in 2021 and potentially beyond man i think dak i mean look again i get it if you didn't weren't super high in him a couple years ago because with the evidence we had then like it Mm -hmm. made it made sense we had concerns but like anything just we get new information process it that quarterback dak prescott last year was a top five quarterback while he was playing you know He could have easily been a hot stretch. Again, I'm not two years ago,
1: too. He was two years ago. Didn't he finish quarterback three, four? Yeah. I mean, he's
0: fantasy is absolutely a top five. And I think in real life, you're hard pressed to, you know, name 10 better than him for sure. So, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right. And again, as a hater, I mean, I feel like sometimes I go too far one way to the other way. But because I've been on the other side of the argument and now I'm on this side, I'm like, I get that. I get that. But I've come through that and you should come through it, too. But (laughs) yeah, like I said, I love I love me some Dak now. I mean, I don't have many offensive jerseys. I'm Dak's Dak's one I'm thinking about getting. So um, quickly, I'm going to just narrow off a few other pieces of news and we'll talk some free agencies. We had Matt Milano uh, re-signed with the Buffalo Bills. He got four years, 44 million twenty four million guaranteed if you guys you know you play IDP you know Matt Milano is kind of always one of those guys taking in the linebacker two three range but he's got linebacker one upside I think he had one linebacker one week this season actually and he came off that injury early in the year so um, it's good to see him go back to a system where we know he can produce uh, you know hundred plus tackles pretty pretty easily and he can be an impact player we know he's good in coverage we know they blitz uh, both those linebackers there a little bit so I love to see that for him the consistency of that defense and honestly he's kind of the skeleton key for that defense. Like when he's not on the field, the whole defense is just different. Um, Nothing, no shade of AJ Klein. I'm sure he's good at some things, but he's not as good at Matt Milano, what that defense needs to be done at linebacker. So even when they didn't have Tre Davis white this year, when they did have Matt Milano on the field, it felt like they can still kind of, you know, hang with some of those guys. So um, other big contract news, Levante David resigned. We know we love Levante David. He's another, you know, I mean, this guy, he's, He's insane. First Battle Hall of Fame. I mean, some of the numbers he's put up are just ungodly. Um, if you look back his early career and even this last year, I mean, the consistency of this guy is. I mean, it's it's almost unmatched. You know, we talk about Luke Keekly and Bobby Wagner. You need to be talking about Levante David in that same breath. Um, let's see who else we got here. Justin Simmons was tagged. One of the best safeties in the league. Uh, we got Marcus May, a safety in the league. He got tagged. Um, then we got a uh, Demario Davis and cam Jordan. They restructured their contracts and then Alan Robinson got tagged and said, fuck that shit. <laughs> so, that's pretty much all the big guys who kind of gotten tagged and we got information on what do you want? I know you're an offensive guy. What do you want to talk about Robinson? Tell me what you think is going to happen with this situation. Cause here's a guy that I, this, I think somebody's side note, somebody needs to make a podcast call called a guy because we all, everyone that fancy say says, this is a guy, a guy like a guy. Like I, I want to make a compilation of like a thousand different people saying that. But anyway, <laughs> um, he's had no quarterback his whole career. I mean, Blake Bortles, was like Jameis winston light like actually sucked but could throw a lot um and then he had trubisky who i mean oh god i'm gonna throw up saying his name but this guy's put up some crazy good numbers for having one of the worst career trajectories of all time and it's crazy to think that one of his best years was so far in the past like we saw what was that the 1400 14 touchdowns was that 2016 15? 15 yeah i mean and we thought There was more like that coming, but he's been handicapped and he's still pushed up past a thousand yards repeatedly. So what do you think about this situation? Where do you what what do you think? You know, your your football head, what do you think is going to happen here?
0: But yeah, man, don't even stop uh, with the Jaguars. Go back to Penn State. Matt Milano and freaking Christian Hackenberg. Like, the <laughs> dude has never gotten a good draw at QB. It's um, He's uh, this generation's Andre Johnson, uh, mm-hmm. you could say, at this point. So not going well, hopefully. You know, but, hey, you know, when you bitch about this on comp- on uh, Twitter, someone is always quick to remind you that the Packers did, you know, offer him a contract, and he chose Chicago. So at least in the last few years, he's made his bet a little bit. But, yeah, to your point, he's been putting up big numbers anyway, man. That's the thing. I was writing up about uh, this franchise. Tag uh today a little bit. On the one hand, yes, like anywhere a Rob goes, he should have a better, efficient QB play. I understand that, but anywhere. It- really hard to find 150 targets in some of these offenses. Look at Odo Beckham, how quick we were to assume that him going from Eli to Baker was going to be this massive boom. I mean, even Hop. I know Hopkins kind of overcame it last year, but truly man, like the history of wide receivers, switching teams in the offseason like is not promising. Like there's point, there's some wide receiver two finishes, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Marshall, they've done it, but you know, you can really count the exceptions on a uh, one or two hands, maybe near a few toes here or there. So Al Robinson, certainly good enough to overcome it, but you know, just keep in mind that this role he has with the bears it has gotten him the ppr wide receiver eight and nine finish over the past two years like he's already been productive i don't see myself dropping him past wide receiver 12 no matter where he goes but i just wouldn't immediately assume that he's going to jump up into the top three or five like regardless of what happens now if the bears shock everyone and pull in you know russell freaking wilson to come to chicago and they somehow don't have to give up a rob then yeah i'm going to have a rob top five top six at the absolute lowest but i just think uh you know volume wins volume solves a lot of problems even with uh bad quarterbacks and if uh you know you're asking a rob to all of a sudden have 110 120 targets people might be disappointed in the overall counting numbers even though he obviously makes any offense in the league way better
1: yeah, agreed, agreed. You're right. The volume, he's not necessarily going to be guaranteed that like he is on a team like the Bears. So, for fantasy purposes, you you know, you like the consistency, like you said, you like the continuity of the offense. You like to know the players in the same spot. Um that was kind of something last year that I thought would hurt some of the, the the Raiders was just the whole team moving cities. I was like, you know, I mean, it's not not like I have any real scientific evidence, but I'm like, you know, move from, you know, one state to another, a big move as a whole franchise and a team. I mean, I mean that's gonna you know be stressful. That's gonna increase cortisol levels, and that's gonna cause you guys not to recover as good, and that's gonna make you guys play like shit. You know, I mean that was kind of my theory. Um, I don't the same know. Idea. That, but I mean, when you're when you're when you're the Raiders, you know, you can't really tell if they're playing like shit because they're the Raiders or because they moved to a new city. So who knows? That uh, offense
0: was all right last year. No,
1: they they were. But I mean, that's 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 because their coach, even though he got his pants pulled up real high, he knows what he's doing. So <laughs> yeah,
0: no. Hey, if you leave Gruden away from the personnel and just let that dude call plays, he's perfectly fine.
1: Yeah, I think – I wish they would get rid of Carr. Carr is the – he's just good enough to where you feel bad getting rid of him, I feel like, but you know in your heart that you could do better with almost anybody else.
0: He played – I mean, I thought he played the best ball of his career last year,
1: but I'm with you. I mean – He's he's not – and that's the thing. I don't want to say like he's bad, but I mean he's he's literally – I described him two weeks ago as he's the absolute mean at quarterback in the NFL. Like if there is like a 13 and a half or 12 and a half, like that is Derek Carr. He is 12 and a half. He is not good. He is not bad. Like he is just right there. That's the line.
0: The problem is he had that fraudulent 2016 MVP campaign where, you know, let's like Raiders freaking were absolutely balling out in one score games. And, you know, he was having just a touchdown rate for the ages. So, no, he really wasn't good the first, you know, five years of his career. But over these past two years, he started to, uh, you know, really perform better. And he was was starting to come out of his shell last year. Because the thing is, he's always thrown a beautiful deep ball. The problem is he sees pressure coming, or at least for a long portion of his career, gets the ball out immediately. Like He, he has one of the lowest deep ball rates and one of the highest deep ball ratings. And Henry Ruggs and Aguilar were starting to bring that out of him a little bit last year. But over the last five, six games, Waller was going bonkers. You know, they were putting up Dude. OK points, but this wasn't enough. But it'd be nice to see him with a good defense, too, because right now, right now he's evolved into like AFC Matthew Stafford. Before that, you know, he wasn't even on that level, but he's doing better now.
1: Yeah, fair. I, I have a theory that if Darren Waller isn't on the Raiders the last two years, that Derek Carr does not have a job right now because I think he's made him look a little bit better or at least won them more games. needs so. someone
0: to throw to, though. He's got no. freaking the least NFL-looking guy in no. the league. You're right, in the you're right, you're right. You're <laughs> right,
1: you're hey, right. Don't, don't, Nelson Aguilar out there doing some things. No, I'm hitting on Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Oh, <laughs> 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 Mr. Renfro, are we back No, Aguilar,
0: Aguilar played some great ball last year. He's want to talk those... about
1: true bounce back. I feel like he's a he's a back and forth guy. I mean, what was it the the year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl? He was really I mean, he looked good, you know, and then he looked like shit. And then he goes to Raiders and he looks good. And I'm just like, am I buying in this year? Or am I buying in next? Like two years from now? I don't I haven't decided yet. I'm uh, okay. a little bit
0: overrated too. I mean, you, you like you look at the drop leaderboard for any year, and you're gonna see a lot of great names. But yep. you know, we just had to focus in on guys like um, Aguilar um, and Deontay.
1: I'm with you. Some 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 of these stats that we talk about, drops, missed tackles, um, some of these things I'm like, you can't you can hold that against a guy, but if you're looking at that, you need you need to be focusing on the good shit he does too. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, sure, he made a mistake, great. He he was given that opportunity to make that mistake because he's done a lot of shit right to get got, there. He got
0: kinda, wide open to get that target. Exactly. Exactly,
1: That's kind of my thought process. I'm with you. I think some, sometimes in the fantasy community, we take these stats and we're like, this is why he sucks. And it's just like, but he didn't really suck. Well, this stat yeah. says he sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, within that one tiny metric, he was terrible. You're right. Um, but there's a bigger picture going on here. Exactly. All right. So 22 minutes in, let's actually get to the main event of the show. Let's talk about some free agents. Um, we did touch on... Aguilar just briefly there, Um, but he's not even somebody really want to talk, talk about. I want to talk about Juju, Juju, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller and Curtis Samuel. Those are kind of my the four big uh, wide receiver free agents. Um, I'll just, you know, I don't really know of the premier guys in this group. To me, it's probably Kenny Galladay, but he's also a little bit older. Curtis Samuel, I really like him, especially with the way the NFL just in general is becoming a little bit more pass heavy, a little bit more creative. Um, And he is. He's not a one-of-one because I think he and Debo Samuel are very similar in the way they're kind of used um, and their skill sets and the way they can just break open a play, and they've kind of suffered from some mediocre quarterback play, so I don't think we've seen the best out of either of them. So I think maybe Curtis Samuel might be the most interesting player of this group, Um, but Juju Smith-Suster – also kind of headlining this group it's crazy as a Steelers fan you know to think of where we were two years ago three years ago and where we are now um and Juju my pick for him is to land in Miami just because I know they have tons of money I know Juju's all about you know he wants to go to big market somewhere it's cool I mean you you can already see Juju walking around with this you know shirt unbuttoned down to here and some you know really floral shit just like tick tocking his life away so I say get him to Miami that's my thought Galladay I would love to see him go to the, the Giants um, but then Will Fuller and Curtis Samuel, I mean, these guys are both really good. What, what are your thoughts on this group? Those are kind of the four main guys that I look at in the wide receiver group. But
0: Yeah, I would say I think Corey Davis deserves to have a seat at the table as well last year. I mean, he just played really well. Also. He had a couple untimely goose eggs I think people kind of hold against him. But just as a whole on the season, man, literally, if you pull up, Corey Davis and Julio Jones in the year 2020, their stats are almost identical, man. Corey Davis was that good. And Julio is that good. And Julio is better than Corey Davis. I'm not trying to make that argument, but truly Corey Davis, maybe he's not going to be the number five overall pick good that a lot of people were hoping he could be, but anyone's idea of a very good receiver. He's another guy where up until, you know, the last freaking 22, 24, 25 games to the Titans. He didn't have much uh, going for him in terms of, you know, consistent presence under center
1: as well. So, consistent. That's the thing. He would show up. I mean, we've all seen it. You know, that's why he still was a starting, you know, got that starting role. Is he had these games every year. He'd have two or three games where he would just go off. You know, he'd get some
0: Gilmore randomly.
1: Yeah. 12 targets, 15 targets. (laughs) He's going for 150 yards to score. And then you don't see him again the rest of the year. Um, But that was the Titans for a while. Titans are different now. Ryan Tannehill's uh, career revival is honestly been incredible to watch but yeah i think Corey davis of that group might be the guy you can maybe get on the on the cheap and on the low um what, what are some like landing spots you think for a guy like him that would you know and what kind of money do you think a guy like him he's going to command um in the market given that it is a pretty competitive free agent market for wide receivers
0: i think he'll get 10 million plus per year i think he might be that good i don't think it'll be close to 20 but i mean uh robbie anderson signed I think, like a two-year 20 million dollar deal so you know maybe davis gets like 12 5 or 13 you know i think he's a little better than robbie or at least has yeah. shown, i shown she's shown a little bit more than robbie had done yeah. to get that contract uh, for sure even though robbie's obviously great uh in his own right but yeah i did an article uh last week over on pff.com breaking down every burn did the headliners every position and uh the dream spot nightmare spot and best guest spot so for Corey davis dream spot i think it's the jaguars he could you know slide in really be the number mm. two probably I, I wouldn't like it for you know selfishly lavisca but uh you know he might be better than dj chark either way it would just give them a real nice trio uh with lawrence and you know yeah. I, he could uh, do a lot of damage there and no income tax uh so he got gotta got be loving that too uh nightmare spot I have the Dolph, I have the Dolphins right now. I just think him and Devontae kind of th- they're just very similar. They're literally both 6'3, 215. I think the you know, Corey Davis can separate a little bit better uh than Devontae, but I just think it's kind of overlapping. Mike De another guy that uh you know is just more of a contested catch dude. I would like to see them get more of a field stretcher type than Corey Davis. But th- my best guess spot would be the Ravens. He seems like the number one receiver they hmm. can add, you know. Is he a little overqualified as Ooh. a number one? Absolutely, but the Ravens probably aren't going to spend up on a Galladay, on a uh, uh, no. you know Wolf pull or anything like that. So I think uh, if he goes, to the Ravens, hey, let's see him, man. And everyone say, oh, this would be so bad for like Lamar Jackson's thrown sixty-two touchdowns over the last two years, man, with a bottom three wide receiver room. Like, okay, he's not a top five passing quarterback, but it's not like wide receivers are just going to die there. We we're having the same argument about Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. Hey, they're different quarterbacks for sure. Mm-hmm. But let's see Lamar with a legit number one wide receiver and him not do something with it. I, at, at this point, we haven't even gotten the chance to see it.
1: Different quarterbacks, you're right. Same narrative, though, you know, coming yeah. in. It's funny, too. I'll just quick anecdotal story. Two years ago, I was I just signed up. I just got in the league. And we had a supplemental draft with a buddy, and I waited on quarterback. And this was before Lamar broke out and Josh Allen was still shitty and all this. So <laughs> I drafted in that league. I waited around, and I got Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Jameis Winston. And my buddy messaged me, and this is my buddy who I've only watched and paid attention to football. Well, I've been watching football. I've been watching the Super Bowl since 2001 but I didn't actually start watching, watching football until about 2012. So my buddies all make fun of me. Like, you don't know a fucking thing about football, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. So, of course, he messaged me. He's like, man, you don't have a top 20 quarterback on your team. That was the year Lamar was number one. Uh, oh Allen was four and Winston was six. And, man, I rubbed that shit in his face so hard. He also gave me 20 bucks. And he was like, Joe Mixon's going to be top six. I was like, you're high. Oh my. Don't even get me started on Joe Mixon. I could I could rail on that guy all day long. I like that Corey Davis to to, to Baltimore, though, man. I mean that but that, that's a perfect landing spot. I mean, he would automatically be their best receiving weapon. I mean, just right out the I gates. Don't,
0: I don't hate Marquise Brown either. I don't hate him,
1: but I think he'd be way better as number two. Yeah. He's better than number two, and his skill set would be better with an a more nuanced, more useful with a true number one there. And you know, you saw we saw he had a you know he really picked up at the end of the season. They did bring Dez in towards the end, you know, and that's kind of you know things started picking up a little bit. So caught it. Dez, I love Dez Bryant. I I know you're a huge Dez Bryant fan too. He's one of the first guys I ever drafted. Um, Yeah, I just love him. He's like my
0: favorite player maybe ever, man.
1: I love him. He's he's very interactive on Twitter too. He's a big tweeter. He seems like he's a very just like with it kind of guy. He's he's
0: a great guy, man. He got he got literally what i mean dude his his upgrade like if you read about what he really like came through his upbringing it's like one of the worst things you'll ever hear like his i think like his dad and grandpa were like the same person or something like his his mom had him when she was 14 like literally living in a crack house and like yeah at some point they had disagreement where Des like shoved his mom but i mean fuck for us to sit here never been through even like a percentage of what Des has like you know look at the course of his NFL career he's never mm-hmm. been in trouble about anything like yeah. there was that freaking whatever the hell that walmart video thing that freaking chase that nothing ever came of it that was insane uh so yeah i mean there was a uh, he, he got that pet monkey for a year and Peter was after him for a little <laughs> bit like truly i mean guys like Des uh, obj and you know the quote-unquote divas and people people just use like you know off the field issues for guys like that meanwhile those true uh boys well, oh, like, like like the running back you were just talking about, and you know maybe a wide receiver on the Chiefs and quarterback for the Steelers. Like, there are guys where if we really want to be pissed about someone's off the field behavior, they're out there. Let's not focus in on you know Des and OBJ.
1: Exactly. Yeah, there are guys that I mean there. I mean that's the thing. There are bad people in this world. There are bad people exactly. in the NFL. There's a lot of bad people with money. Um, that's something I mean, we don't want to get too deep in that. But I feel like sometimes <laughs> people use money as a barometer of some sort of like uh, morality. Like if you have money or if you have this, like you have been a good person. I'm like generally probably the inverse of that yeah. <laughs> but anyway okay will fuller this is another big i mean will fuller season you know he was a guy you got what a guy here we go again uh what round six seven eight this last year and you played him every week up until he got that suspension he, he didn't finish outside the top 24 a single time did he if i remember right w- week two he busted but he kind of had the yeah, something. that did hurt. That did hurt. And that was, like, scary, too. Everyone was shook, like, oh, God, here yeah. we go again. But then it was just, like, consistently, like, 20 points, 20 points, 20 points. Yeah. And he had a couple of games where he, like, dropped a touchdown or two, too, where they called it back. And I was like, man, he could have gone big there. <laughs> yeah. So
0: He's a beast, man. i yeah, Will he, Fuller. You know, I put out an annoying tweet last week. I was like, every team that would be better with Will Fuller on it and listed all 32 of them. And I really <laughs> believe it. I mean, obviously, there's some better ones for his fantasy stock, but – You really put someone like him on the outside with that field stretching and it helps so much. I mean, Deshaun Watson, 8.8 yards per attempt with, 7.6 without. Even DeAndre Hopkins scored more fantasy points with fuller than without fuller in houston because his touchdown rate spiked because the offense was that much better like even though hopkins obviously have more targets without fuller in the lineup like the efficiency even made the most out of it so man if they, if they really want to get the gang back together in uh, arizona like hopkins and jj have been going down there that'd be one hell of a spot but i don't think they have uh quite the money rams would be another fun one but my best guess is the Colts.
1: rams I like the Rams pick. I like the Colts pick, too. I, I I don't know. I feel like I feel like Kyler only has eyes for Hopkins. I mean, you could probably put OBJ out there and, you know, uh, Robert Woods, and he wouldn't even see him. Like, he would just be like, oh, there's Luke. Ah. I don't know. I'm also yeah. a Kyler hater. If you don't, haven't realized that, I'm a huge hater
0: hey you gotta take stands on guys it's you know it's no yeah, fun to
1: exactly i some of these people out here i mean apparently they get along with everybody and they're happy about everything i'm like man what are you on right now like what world I'm, I'm, are you live yeah. in <laughs> i'm definitely team
0: hate uh you know hate adps not players uh for the most part but, exactly you know it's all fun i mean i you know we, we 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 can say a guy's like pissing us off with, without implying like
1: he sucks. Yeah, his job he's not. It's not like his that. fault. Yeah, I mean he just <laughs> right. he's. I'm happy he's got. To, he's doing his work. It sucks for me. I'm the idiot who played him. I'm the idiot who drafted <laughs> him. You know that's on me. But you know it, it does make you change your relationship with players too and they do hurt you. you know? I just do like wonder everybody. what
0: with kyler i mean so much of his uh game so far has literally been running around on scrambles because he's like the mm-hmm. fastest freaking fastest freaking dude on the field obviously you know he's got deandre hopkins there but as we saw with that you know quarterback carousel in houston over the years hopkins is going to produce with just about anyone under center so uh you know they had larry fitzgerald's corpse out there running you know 90 percent
1: snaps uh christian Respect. kirk Respect I, the king, respect, respect him, <laughs> respect
0: my elders. My bad. Uh, yeah, Christian Kirk. I, I like Christian Kirk, but I think oh. Kirk is, uh, you know, a little better as a three. So, I hey, you got Kyler, you know, you committed to him. Kingsbury's a little bit on the hot seat now. Give him one more legit weapon. And let's find out because if Kyler can't take a big step forward next year with a you know, with a with an awesome number two, uh, aside from Hawkins as well, then we can start asking uh, hard questions. But he's shown like you know, the flashes. Can he put it all together? Maybe.
1: Yeah, so, I, mean, Drew, I mean, you're a Drew Locke fan, so this isn't going to sure, get too riled man. up. But Drew Locke has shown flashes, too. I think, I mean, this is me, I know. I oh, yeah. I think Kyler's, I think the mood, the feel for Kyler right now, is propped up by the Hale Murray. I honestly, that play is my least favorite play of the season. I think it won, like, play of the year because that play simultaneously made people think that he was better than he was because I don't think they won another game after that for a while. It also, literally, that play single-handedly took Josh Allen from the <laughs> tip-top of the MVP race because people forget the drive before that, Josh the Allen went from, the, like the five-yard line All the way down the field in like 45 seconds. He had fourth and longs, third and longs. He was throwing dimes, and he throws a touchdown, and it was like that was the best drive of the season, in my opinion. And then the very next fucking play, this little guy runs out there, totally accidentally, not accidentally, threw it there, but I mean, oh, I could go, oh, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. Hey, it was an unreal play.
0: It was, it was. pulled off. That I just that it, thing
1: 50 yards th-
0: falling to his left with some dude yeah. three times his size all over him I
1: he think. was getting chased yeah and he he definitely extended that play it reminds me of uh rogers had that big play that was like 2015-16 against he had two plays that year oh, I think the Cardinals. one against the browns and he had one against the lions where he had the hail the, the, oh, yeah. the deep hail mary plays at the very end of the game so i mean to, no, bro, to land
0: that no, the Rodgers the big thing with Rogers was that a uh, Cardinals playoff game when he had got had Jeff Janice getting that. Uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah. the one in his end zone, and then the Hail Mary was even more absurd. And
1: that was right after Larry Fitzgerald had like a giant like scream or like a short slant that he ran like seventy that wanted, yards on the
0: that an OT. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yep. what's funny about that game, uh, to go on an even longer tangent, uh at over overtime. What was interesting was Rodgers stepped back. And they actually brought the blitz. They rushed like seven guys on the Hail Mary. Rogers like took three steps to his left, had the plant, and just chuck it. Like it was a miraculous throw. But I actually kind of liked the call. Like i you know, <laughs>
1: blitz him. Don't <laughs> even give him time. Just see to, if he
0: can put it up. To really, you know, put myself out of my own shoes. Like when I play like NCAA football and shit, I'd like sending engage eight on Hail Mary's because they just they don't they don't have time to get the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. So, on the one hand, like when Greg Williams got fired for doing that. I thought the decisions to blitz was okay. Why the corners were pressed up on the line of scrimmage. I have no idea. Like why the guy bit on a fake 10 yards downfield. I have no idea, but just the decision to rush the passer more than just putting, you know, 10 guys back and letting him throw the ball down there. No matter what. I don't hate that part of the strategy.
1: Yeah. Greg Williams. What happened to that guy? I think I think he's gone. I think we finally got rid of him. But I, no I way. he'll get another
0: chance. You hear all those head coaching offers. That he, he, yeah, he's yeah. Nice.
1: <laughs> he's turned down 20, 30 of them to hang out here and help these guys out. What a nice guy. <clears throat> all right, let's briefly touch on some defensive lines, some edge rushers. Uh, the, the three guys, in my opinion, that are the top of this free agency class are obviously Shaq Barrett who, you know, the thing with Shaq Barrett that really is one of those things where nobody saw him coming last year, so nobody gave him credit. Well, now we've seen him do it two years in a row, and he's earned whatever he's going to get. Um, the next guy is Yannick Ngakwe. I know he's a little bit more of a specialty pass rusher. He doesn't have quite as many tools in his tool belt. Um, emphasize or highlighted by the fact this is one of my favorite stats. He had zero assisted tackles this year dude has eight and a half sacks no assisted tackles he doesn't he's not really busy doing anything but trying to get to the quarterback he has led the league in forced fumbles before he does consistently and the thing that i love about him is he consistently gets these sacks he's not a guy that's just getting pressure he's getting close or he's being disruptive he's actually putting these guys on their ass eight times a year there's a lot of edge rushers that get a lot of money that cannot put up that kind of consistency. So for that reason, I think he deserves a little bit more respect than people give him. People forget, too, that he was held hostage by the Jaguars. He did not want to be there. Um, he still met, he got free, and he still put up his eight sacks on two different teams. And then Bud Dupree, that dude, I'm a T.J. Watt like lover. Like I love T.J. Watt. But Bud That's- Dupree, he has some of the – most insane acceleration I've ever seen. Like once the ball is snapped, like he can move across the line so fast and he can get around offensive linemen so fast for a guy, his size, like just seeing him run and get a free open run at the quarterback. It scares me. I'm like, Oh my God, like that is a lot of man and a lot of acceleration. And he's, 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 he's tenacious. So those are my three big guys. I know a lot of people right now are trying to make Carl Lawson like a thing. I'm a little bit less on that Carl Walker life, but what do you think about those three guys? And where do you think, you know, and it's crazy too. I actually just finished. I just binged your, uh, your 32 team thing. I feel like every single team needs a pass rusher. (laughs) That was like a need for almost everybody, but it's funny because we have, I made our list smaller. There's like 15 half-ass good pass rushers available right now. So I think that Shaq's going to lead off the, lead these guys off and get the biggest bag. But with, You know, he'll probably get, you know, but I'm, I'm I'm curious. Where do you think these guys are going to go? Who's going to, he's probably going to be the most coveted one. Right. But then from there, what what are your thoughts? We got Trey Hendrickson. We got Carl Lawson. I mean, there's guys like there's a lot of them.
0: It sounds like i think uh i forget his instagram post was a goblin or tom brady shaq barrett said like you know i'm coming back too or something like that so it sounds like they want to you know bring everyone back uh, yeah. in tampa bay they pretty much had to do this last year as well and i remember one of the you know it didn't even make sense but people were trying to hate on shaq barrett like coming out of nowhere getting 20 sacks like he had 82 pressures last year which was still top five and then this year he has eight sacks well he we still had 77 pressures now he's in one fewer game only aaron donald had more pressures in the entire league like shaq barrett can do do it all like it's one of these things where you know, mm-hmm. okay, he didn't have a great first few seasons and now he is a superstar. Like, it's just the way it is. Like, it's it's okay if you, uh, you know, didn't see this coming, Like, but it's a reality. Same thing, you know, with Devontae Adams, players are allowed to get far better and then we'll treat them accordingly. So, yeah, you know, Barrett sounds like he'll be going back to Tampa Bay. You know, everyone wants to make it work. Uh, you know, salary cap while it does exist, I'm sure they can uh, finagle whatever they need to, uh, to make all parties happy because, uh, to your point about all the team needs, man, everybody needs a pass and you shouldn't let uh, Shaq Barrett get back out on that market. Yeah, that could be the interesting one because I think, uh, you know, on the one hand, who has had a happy, like, ending with Jacksonville? So I hope, uh, you know, that whole kind of situation isn't hung over his head a little bit because you just look at literally, like, every star player they've had over the last five years and, like, every single one other than Miles Jack has ended badly. So, you know, he was like – Miles he went, Jack's a star? Ooh, well, they at least yeah. paid him
1: – they paid – no. No, I'm they, they paid him like a star, yeah. Right,
0: like, he's not complaining. That's all. Yeah, I don't no, yeah. Nothing about his play, but he's yeah. Like nothing, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. I'm saying every star play they've had. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I I'm just like, oh, Miles Jack to me. I mean, he's one of those guys that he just, he's just happy to be here. He just like, he wakes up. He's like, thank you, Jags organization. Thank you, God. Doesn't he sell candles or was that the other guy? I was he
0: does, stuff. man. I'm a big candle fan. <laughs> so I gotta give uh, Miles Jackson credit there. And I mean, with, uh when he fell in the draft, I mean, some people were even worried enough to wonder how long he could play in the NFL. So, uh you know, credit to him for getting that bag while he can. But he's yeah. like the only guy with a second contract that is mm-hmm. even worth a little bit of a damn. That's uh, had, had you Stuck know around, good, yeah, exactly. They
1: so. got rid of everybody like Harrison, they got rid of Fowler, they yeah. got rid of uh, Calais Campbell. I mean, every Jalen Ramsey, I mean, AJ Boya. I mean, it's a it's crazy to think that what was it just two and a half in the NFL time, though. I guess it is kind of been a lifetime since that defense was all together.
0: So we'll see what Yannick. I know he wasn't the same guy, uh, you know, at Baltimore or Minnesota really, but you know, very well could have been more of a scheme or comfort thing, not having an off season by any stretch, you know, dealing with the whole Jaguars thing. I'm sure he wasn't as motivated as ever to, you know, get uh right in game shape at the beginning of the year. So hopefully he can kind of bounce back. But I put him a little bit below uh Barrett and Dupree. I guess with Dupree, man, like how much of that production is him and how much of it is having TJ Watt across from you, not even not even that, but uh to it and Hayward in the inside. I mean, Dupree, I would love to kind of uh who's the guy? Seth uh Seth something, that ESPN uh head of analytics guy. He does some really great uh, defensive line charts. About. Yeah, and like uh, Walton, I, was, I think. Yeah, Walton. yeah, it, it, yeah. Thanks, like Seth Waldman. And you'll see these ones with like uh uh, Aaron Donald always, you know, just separate himself so far beyond everyone else, but it's like double team rate and like overall production. So that'd be my big question with Dupree. Like how much of his production is him just dusting one guy? And you know, yeah, you're saying he's incredibly fast when they're not really touching him, but what happens when that RB is chipping him instead of TJ Watts? So I have a few more questions, you know, about, uh, Dupree than I guess, uh, Yannick and, but Barrett seems like the crown jewel, but yeah, man, I mean, it's not like a team necessarily needs Dupree to come in and be, uh, you know, their number two. Like I think he's certainly better off than you know, like the Bears signing Robert Quinn uh, for all that money last year to be their number two. So I'm yeah. sure still he'll, he'll still get paid. Nothing wrong with having multiple high end pass rushers, and it's good to see uh, so many out there.
1: Yeah, man, that Robert Quinn signing was tough. I love me some Robert Quinn. I live in Missouri, that's why I said in 2001 was my first year watching football. The first full football game I ever remember watching was the Super Bowl with kurt warner when they won and janet jackson's booby got shown um i watched it i was also at my neighbor's house on his little rinky fuzzy tv and i was probably being like what's happening right now like oh,
0: yeah. oh robert quinn has 90 like million dollars in career earnings because i love he,
1: robert quinn
0: he's had like three career years and he just keeps getting a new big-ass contract and disappoints yeah. he signs on someone else and just balls out for one more year gets another contract
1: and repeats Get it, big dog. He had like a 20-sack season. Like, what was that? Well, it's been a while ago. But he did it. He was up there. He was up there. The thing I like about Bud Dupree, like you said, is, you know, it's, you know, the sack numbers aren't what's gonna get him signed. You know, I mean, he's only had 11 and a half and eight this last year. He had eight, though, in just 11 games, but it's all the other things that he does. You know, his tackle for loss, he's always getting high tackle for loss numbers. He is just generally disruptive. Pass deflections. One of my favorite things to look at for edge rushers is. It's pass deflections because in IDP fantasy football, if you can't get to the quarterback, if you can still get your hands up and bat the ball, you're, it's a negative play. The offense is not moving forward. You're helping your team, and that's a skill set that not every pass rusher has. The more I've realized that I'm looking and studying pass rushers, the more I'm realizing the guys that have multi uh, multiple skill sets the guys in IDP, especially that I want because if a sack doesn't come, if you get me two pass deflections, you know, and you get me three tackles for loss. Fuck a sack. I mean, that's like 18 <laughs> points right there. Like, I don't need a six-point sack. Like, you can make up for that. Dupree has a really wide repertoire of things he can do. Like, he always has multiple pass deflections, and every year he's gotten multiple uh, a full s- season of starts, except for early, early. But he has one every year. I mean, he has 11 through his whole career. Um, tackles for loss, he's up to 54. I mean, that's that's some big numbers right there. Quarterback hits. Aren't quite as high as I would like, which kind of alludes to like what you said. Maybe he's only getting home when it's wide open. But again, if he can get me, you know, again, if, if a defensive coordinator knows that he can do other things, that he's coaching him up to do that and play to his skill set, yeah, he's definitely one of the top guys in this class. Um, and if he does land somewhere, that does have somebody good, you know, like, like an Aaron Donald in the middle, or maybe he does end up in Atlanta, you know, and we get Dante Fowler's ass on the bench where it belongs, you know, what if he could produce (laughs) somewhere like that? So, or, or the Titans, you know, they're kind of like not real big on Harold Landry, who's, I think Harold Rain's a little underrated, but maybe they get somebody like, you know, like Bud Dupree, who can come in there and uh, get some things done. So
0: that defense was so bad last year. They need anybody, man.
1: I know. Well, they well, one, they messed up by signing Clowney. He's literally the most overrated defensive player in the NFL, in my opinion. And I know that some people disagree with that. But, I mean, the dude's never done anything well, that's impressed me. He had well, one good game two years ago with Seattle. And people were like, oh, and like when they showed his – when they talk about his year, the only clips they had were from the San Francisco game. That was it. <laughs> they just played every snap that he had something successful happen. I was like, that's not a season. That's a game. I'll, and it was I'll a say this, though. Game. All right, I'm listening. Reggie Bush,
0: T- oh, fuck, Tabon's college. Reggie Bush and J Jadavion Clowney have the b- two best high school mixtapes I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. And I wish he would have translated into the NFL a little bit more. And maybe he's one of these guys that's gonna pop. You know what I mean? Like he maybe he will get All that negative sack regression, you know, positive sack regression, whatever you want to call it. Maybe it'll all hit this next year when he signs somewhere. I hope he's walking around with a chip on his shoulder, and I hope that that happens. But as an IDP person and a fantasy person, one of the first things I tell everybody when they come into the space, I'm like, you don't want Jadavian Clowney on your team. Like, you don't. He's going to get you, like, he's going to finish, like, defensive lineman, like, 40. Like, I know you know who he is. You don't want him. I promise. Um, all right, let's talk about some linebackers real quick. Uh, Jayon Brown, speaking of that same defense, he's one of the better coverage linebackers in the league. Been a little banged up. I'm interested to see where he lands. K.J. Wright had a really good year this last year. Uh, the tackles necessarily weren't there, but he did have a lot of impact plays. He had a couple, you know, couple of pass, pretty high pass deflections this year. Tackles for loss were still there, but he's a free agent. I'm wondering what's going to happen with him. Um, Any thoughts on those two linebackers? I know this linebacker class, honestly, this free agency, there's really not a lot there besides those two. Uh, Milano was kind of, in my opinion, the the marquee guy, and he went back to – he ended up back with Buffalo, but any, any quick thoughts on those two?
0: I'm interested to see if uh, if KJ leaves. And, you know, we got Bobby Wagg is getting older and older a little bit here soon. You know, how much, like, what is going on really with this Seattle defense? Because they could not pressure anybody last year. They really couldn't cover anybody. You know, they got some cornerback problems to look at now, too. And now, if their linebacker core is going to be wrecked, like, are we looking at just a bottom five defense going into next year? Because even though they, you know, quote unquote, started to turn things around in the second half of last year, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now. And from week 10 on Rams, I think it was a Banged up version of uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, Eagles, Giants, Jets, Washington football team, Rams again, 49ers. Who knows what was under center. And then we rightfully saw the Rams in the wild card game, you know, put up plenty of points on them. So I think uh, you know, they never really fixed their defense last year. They played weaker opponents, and that's why they started being able to run the ball more and they confused that for kind of the you know, win-loss record they have rather than letting Russ air it out with better defense and just blowing teams out instead of skating by the freaking, you know, Eagles and losing to the Giants. So One of those things where, uh, you know, Seattle pretty stuck in their ways, but I think uh, K.J. Wright and Bobby Wags obviously have helped, uh, you know, hold together uh, kind of the cracks in this defense that have gotten more and more pronounced uh, over the years. So, again, last year, you know, this defense was like historically bad for the first five weeks, but they really came back together. If you lose K.J. Wright, though, and, you know, things really start to get uh, loose, I'm wondering if we are looking at truly one of the worst defenses in the league, which in fantasy land means we should be liking uh, D.K. Metcalf and company just fine.
1: Yeah, and for IDP, I mean Jamal Adams firing back up. I mean he's the only guy on their team who can actually get home. You know when he goes to goes to go after somebody. You know it's it's interesting you say that that the, you know things don't ever change in Seattle. It feels like they're just they're acting like they're the same football team that they've always been. But I mean they're not. I mean they're in the same uniforms, they have the same quarterback, they have Tyler Lockett still, and they have Pete Carroll. But it's like besides b Wags everything's different. I mean, we don't have Earl Thomas. We don't have Cam Chancellor. We don't have Bruce Irving. Like we don't have any of, you know, Sherman's been gone for a while. I mean, we're just the guys that really were the heart and soul of that team. They've tried to kind of recreate that, but it's just, it's not there. Like the mesh is not there. And they really haven't, like you said, done anything to address it or pivot even off the style of that defense. And it doesn't help that they keep fucking up their defensive draft choices. I mean, the LJ Collier, <laughs> um, then they picked uh, that benberg Curvin guy a couple of years ago. They picked the Cody Barton, another linebacker. They took two linebackers two years ago. Then they took Jordan Brooks the first round this year. Um, it's just I like the Jamal Adams signing uh, just because Jamal Adams to me is – he's a one-of-one player in the NFL, and there's only a handful of those guys at any given position. He's a one-of-one strong safety because he's – honestly, he besides if you don't put him at free safety – we're outside corner. We know he's a little bit, he's a, little, he's a big boy, okay? It's a lot to ask him to run with some of these little dudes like a Marquise Brown, okay? But he can get up on line scrimmage and do things other safeties can't do. He can get up on line scrimmage and he can get around a blocker. You know what I mean? So uh, it looks like we, uh, Ian, come back. Let me see if I pull you out of here. Come back, my brother. All right, guys. Ian has left me with a black screen. I guess he doesn't love me anymore. Uh, We'll try to get him back in here. I'm going to tell you quickly, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you go sign up for the Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash D-I-D-P army. And you will be able to get the Black Ops tier that is going to have some special stuff in it that will be releasing soon. Let's see what we got here. Oh, the ultimate IDP index that will be out in the near future 421. 21. Um, take a look at that over on the Patreon. Hopefully Ian comes back soon. But we were going to talk about the uh what we got here, the, the running back free agencies and the defensive back free agency really quick after that. Um, the guys we are going to highlight is, you know, Kenyon Drake. Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette. Those are kind of the big three, in my opinion. Um, Obviously, Aaron Jones was part of that until earlier today when he re signed uh, Mike Davis. I mean, he was fantasy relevant this year. I don't know. He'll end up on a team. We've seen him be productive in the NFL. We've seen teams have him. You know, he was with Chicago. If you remember week one last year, if you had David Montgomery and you started him like I did, you were clenching your fist and gnashing your teeth the entire game as Mike Davis got all the carries. But he ended up going to Carolina, filling in for Christian McCaffrey, doing so fairly well. Not really sure where he's going to end up. But Leonard Ford, that's interesting. You know, we just saw him on the Super Bowl run. Chris Carson, one of my favorite runners in the NFL. We're not really sure where he's going to end up. I'm honestly kind of surprised that Seattle didn't bring him back because just, you know, as a runner and as a pass catcher, I mean, he's been one of the better guys in the league. He has had the injury struggles over the past couple of seasons. But, I mean, you can't really predict, project, you know, whatever, whatever those they come, they go. It is what it is. Kenyon Drake. This is another one where I feel like it was kind of a Kyler thing, Uh, you know, when they got down the red zone. Kyler was looking to pass or he was looking to run himself. Kenyon Drake just was not used, uh, you know, the same way he was the year before. And the receptions weren't there like they were when he came over from Miami two years ago. Um, we saw him come in and immediately be a difference maker, be integrated into the offense quickly and efficiently. That just did not happen this last year. Um, they've kept, you know, pulling in Chase Edmonds. He was having trouble running between the tackles. Um, There was a point early in the season where he was just, I mean, it was looking bad. And as somebody who took him on the second, you know, round, second, third, third round turn, I mean, things just did not go the way you wanted for Kenyon Drake. He did have that one big run was it on Thursday night or Monday night football. And he ended up pushing himself up there with the, 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 the rushing yardage total on the season. But, um, you know, it is what it is with Kenyon Drake. I don't know where he'll land. I imagine wherever he does land at this point, it's probably going to be as a backup, I mean, just kind of speculating off the top of my head, he's the kind of guy that I can see going into, you know, I remember it was like a Shanahan offense. I feel like this is almost a layup. But if you put a guy with Kenyon Drake's pass-catching ability and his running ability on a team with a guy who knows how to use players like that, I mean, he's kind of a perfect Kyle Shanahan running back. Um, he can kind of do it all. He doesn't need 30 carries or, you know, 30 touches necessarily to be super productive. And we've seen players in a Shanahan offense not need to have that kind of elite workload to be to be that guy. I was actually kind of before Aaron Jones resigned. I kind of wanted him to go there because you know the the, the floor, the, the floor Shanahan connection. But King and Drake seems like he could fit into that mold. Um, Ian just messaged me. He said his internet crashed, he's trying to reboot. I'm going to message him back real quick and be like, all good. Um, Hopefully he joins us back in here for a minute. Um, thank you, Ian. You probably never listen to this, but if you do, we appreciate you coming on. Um, James Conner, Jamal Williams—these are the other two kind of big guys. I was gonna talk about Duke Johnson. We'll wait till Ian gets back if that happens. But James Conner, man—I mean, as a Steelers fan, it's been it's been rough to kind of watch what's happened to James Conner. Um, you know, we, you saw that 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 first year when he came in and he really got all the work and he looked good. I mean, he looked like a powerful runner. He looked like a good pass catcher. And he was in the system that you want a, a running back like that to be in the Steelers. Then um, it was just Nick after Nick after Nick as these little injuries kept popping up and they kept popping up. and You kept asking yourself, is James Conner going to get through this? He just hasn't. I don't know where he's going to land. I don't know if he's going to. I, I kind of think he's going to end up being a guy that is not a starting running back. He's going to be slide into more of that backup role for the rest of his career. I don't like saying that again as a Steelers fan, as a James Conner fan. I mean, I like love the story. I love the work ethic. You know, I I love, I love that. That's inspiring stuff. Just he as a human is inspiring, and we should all inspire to you know overcome the way that he has overcome. But we'll have to see where he lands, where his next landing spot is in the NFL, and if he can overcome there. And let's see here. I'll go over some of these DB defensive uh, defensive backs. John Johnson, the third, he's a guy that obviously there I am saying just a guy or a guy again. Really good player, really good safety. He can play in the box, he can play deep. Um, he's a free agent. We're seeing more and more teams play three safety sets. We did see the the Rams kind of pull this this off this last year where they were playing uh, you know, him. Him, mean, they were playing John Johnson, they were playing rap, and they played Fuller a little bit. And then we had the the Burgess kid out there a little bit too. But you can go back two years and you can see this the NFL's kind of been evolving towards more three safety sets. Um, I believe it was 2017 or 18, we saw a lot of three safety sets from Houston. Um, you know, you had Kareem Jackson, Tyron Matthew, and Justin Reed. And I remember that was the first team that I kind of noticed that that was kind of becoming a predominant thing. That same season, the Cardinals, you can actually go back on one of our very earliest videos on the channel. Uh, We talked about this, but uh, the the Arizona Cardinals were like that, too. That was the year they had Antoine Buffet. They had Buda Baker and uh, Trey Boston were all three very playable IDP safeties. They were playing that three defensive back, uh, three three defensive back set, Um, you know, all used a little differently, but all were able to go out there and get points for their IDP managers. So we, you know, and again, even last year, you can look uh, or two years ago, you can look at the, the Rams. You had Eric Weddle. You had. John Johnson and Taylor Rapp all went over 100 tackles, I would No, Eric Weddle didn't because – or, no, John Johnson didn't because he got hurt. Uh, but he still – I think he had like 60 or 70 tackles in like five games, something like that. So he was doing really good. John Johnson, I don't know where he's going to end up. Uh, you, One thing you will notice around the NFL is good defenses usually have a good – safety, good safety being a versatile safety. someone one that can play deep and in the box. Um, you're looking at uh, like, a, like, a, like a Jordan Poyer type who can play up or he can play back. You're looking at a, a Justin Simmons type who can, you know, play close to the line or he can play deep. You're looking at um, Jesse Bates, you know, so these are versatile safeties. Uh, John Johnson is one of the most versatile safeties in the NFL. Um, I would say, you know, I saw something today. Someone was talking about him playing alongside Derwin James and your Sir Adderley. I like that, but I don't like it because if he plays next to Derwin James, he's never going to get the you know the props that he deserves for what he does on the field. So I don't want that for him personally. Um, but we'll see what happens. And then Keanu Neal, um, he, he had a good year this year. I could see him ending up in Dallas. You know, I don't know if he's going to be able to command as much as a lot of uh, top market safeties do in the NFL right now, just because of the fact you know, he does have the, the injury bug has kind of bit him. You know, he had a really uh, good uh, rookie season or that second season. Um, he's, he's kind of struggled this last year. He was, he had a productive season, but it wasn't anything elite, you know, and he's a free agent now and they're ready to move on from in Atlanta where they drafted him. And they know that he, I believe he had an all pro season actually that second year. So they're willing to let him walk. I'm interested to see where he gets picked up. Um, assuming health, he is, you know, he's probably, You know, he might be the best. I don't know. John Johnson. I still think I'd take John Johnson over Keanu Neal real life and in the uh, IDP. But we'll have to see. And then I don't know. Ian said his Internet was busted up. We'll see if he swings back in here. If not, it's all good. I'm going to quickly touch on the tight end free agents. We got Hunter Henry, Juwan Smith, Rob Gronkowski, and then Anthony Frisker. Um, Juwanu and Frisker, it's interesting to see both of them be free agents. I'm not really sure what's going to happen if they both leave the Titans. I guess they'll have to get somebody. Um, but Juwanu, I mean, we've seen him. He's an athletic freak. I mean, he can line up in the backfield. When he hits his top-end speed, I mean, it's some scary shit. I mean, he is fast. He's powerful. He looks like a running back. But when he hits a dead sprint, I mean, he looks like a sprinter. So um, I want to see him go to an offense that's going to use him a little bit more. I mean, in a perfect world. I would love to see him end up in Seattle, assuming Russell Wilson stays there, because they could make some magic. I mean, you would have some of the most fit—you'd have two of the most fit mofo's in the league between him and DK Metcalf out there, um, and we could see Russell Wilson. I mean, if they let him cook, I mean, that's the kind of guy you want to be cooking with. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, Gronkowski got another Super Bowl ring. Uh, played well in the Super Bowl too. I mean, Gronk still got a little juice in him now that he doesn't have to carry the whole team, the whole division, everybody. Um, I assume that he's going to re sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It only makes sense. Brady's back. I mean, those guys, I mean, they're bros. I mean, they're like bros, bros. So they're going to, he's going to re sign with Tampa Bay, in my opinion. He'll, you know, he'll take another team friendly deal. He gets to stay with Tom, uh, run it back again. That's what they want. So I can see that happening. Then Frisker, he was a little bit more used as a blocking tight end, but he, when Juani was out, he did pop a couple of weeks. I think he ended up with, he ended up as a, you might have to vet me. He had a couple of really, Good weeks, uh, especially for tight end. I mean, I mean, a good week for tight end is what just not fucking shitting the bed essentially. But he actually had a couple of weeks where he pushed up over those double digit points, which for a tight end is really good, you know. I mean, and that was in an offense that wasn't throwing the ball a whole lot. Uh, so it's, if he ends up in the right place, I mean, I hate to be that guy, but I mean, what if it goes to the Colts, you know I mean? We know that they are kind of in the market for somebody and we know Carson Wentz is obsessed with the safest passing option on the field. So give him somebody like an Anthony Frisker, you know, just a real basic bread and butter kind of guy. I think that we could, we could see some things happening there. So guys, gals, Ian said his internet shit out. Uh, it's all good. I'm going to tell him quickly that he's all good to bail. You're good to bail, bro. Anyone want to hit me with any like Q and A questions before I hop off of here? Um, Go ahead and do that because I'm still here, baby. Ain't nobody gonna stop me. We got some. We got some people here. We got Steelers run blocking tanked in 2020. Yeah, I guess I don't know. The Steelers just tanked in 2020. My man, culture coach, love you, Dennis. Appreciate you, my man. Mark Andrews is into the chat. Hey, I just got me a share of Mark Andrews the other day. Y'all need to go out and check for him because right now the, the 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 temperature of the room is what is it? It's um, it's uh, Kelsey, it's Kittle, and then who's the other guy that everybody's super high on right now? It's not Mark Andrews though. Everybody's high on who's the other third tight end? Why can't I think of this guy? Oh, it's Waller. Like Mark Andrews is not even a top three tight end anymore by most people's standards. So go check out some Mark Andrews. Uh, you you might be surprised what you can get him for right now as compared to last year or two years ago. Hmm, let's see if we've got any more interesting questions here. Appreciate everybody that's watching on the YouTube. Oh, Culture Coach, he's still hanging with us. What's up, Dennis Waller? Hey, he, he knew what I was thinking of. Yeah, I love me some Waller. You know, we've seen tight ends have great seasons, you know, as they get older. I mean, look at Jared Cook. He has best season, like 31 years old. Look at uh, Delaney Walker. He had some great seasons late. Vernon Davis had some good seasons older. Um, You know, Waller is not even 30 yet. You know, when you look at tight ends, you're like, oh, 27, he's so old. I mean, it's not really that old. Old is a relative term. And he's been doing this with Derek Carr, which some could argue has been a handicap. So, um, Darren Waller still, he deserves to be in that top three, four tight ends. Uh, but I just think it's interesting that Mark Andrews has fallen so far from grace. Um, but that's that goes hand in hand with, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson falling from grace. So, yeah, any other IDP questions out there for you all? Check out, you know, go to go oh, Don't go there. The site's being rebuilt. That's bullshit. Don't listen to me. um Go to patreon.com forward slash the IDP army. Sign up for the Black Ops tier. You're going to get tiered. Rankings, you're gonna detail production profiles and IDP 123 scoring. I'm gonna give you trade values. I'm gonna give you guys who buy sell tools on there. All this stuff, it hasn't been released yet. I'm thinking about pre-releasing it to a couple of guys who have pre-ordered it, maybe in the next day or two, but we'll see about that. But sign up for that black ops tier, you're gonna get that. That's also gonna that's gonna be a living, breathing document. I mean, it's gonna be updated daily. You're gonna get new information in there as stuff comes out, injury information, any relevant news is gonna be in there. As we get closer to draft season, you know. Like official redraft type season or as we get to rookie draft season there's also going to be rookie information in there i'm going to be doing individual videos on a lot of players not all of them because there's like over 100 profiles in there i think i'm up to like 130 profiles in there and y'all i'm not bullshitting you when i say i've been working on this a lot like i've been working on this since before christmas we're talking like i don't know i'm estimating close to 200 hours now yeah maybe i'm crazy maybe no one likes it maybe no one buys it It's awesome. Um, Just to have for myself, it's dope. I want you guys to have it. I want people to have access to this. I want people to see this. I want to empower people to play IDP fantasy football in 2021 um, and really take their fantasy football experience to the next level. So that's going to be helping you guys do that. And just one last thing quickly. um, IDP, individual defensive player uh it's kind of gross if you think about it i mean idp fantasy football people are like what's that nah, nah. i want to rebrand the the the, the 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 synonym acronym what do you call that dennis you're smart if you're still here help me out uh, but i want to re- rebrand idp to mean something different i put this on my patreon i put this up and i'm gonna start doing it the idp army podcast i inclusive idp fantasy football is inclusive it's not just about the offense you play the whole team d disruptive it's defensive players. These are the guys that are going to be disrupting the offense. Disruptive. IDP fantasy football is also going to disrupt the fantasy industry. Acronym. Dennis coming through. Dennis, I love you, man. Um, disruptive. You know, this is going to disrupt the fantasy industry when it hits. And it's not an if, it's a win. Okay gatekeeper if anyone out there the gatekeeper is watching this you know hit me up let's get this let's get the ball rolling and p proficient people who play idp fantasy football are proficient fantasy football players why because they're playing the whole game they're watching both sides of the ball they're engaging with the entire team the entire fantasy football now i was actually driving home from work yesterday and i was thinking what's a good way to give somebody a visualization of what idp really means um think about setting up a chess board okay that's what people compare fantasy football to chess okay When you play offense-only fantasy football, you're essentially setting up a chessboard with one rook, one bishop, one knight, four pawns, a king, and a queen. It's the game of chess, yes. The players will move, yes. You can beat somebody, yes. Your opponent has those same players, yes. But that chessboard has got more spots. There are more variables available to you you can play with an entire team. You can play with two rooks. You should be playing with two bishops, two knights. That's the kind of the way that I've been thinking about fantasy football recently. And IDP it's like sure fantasy football offense is it's good, you know, and but it is truly a board set up with half the pieces. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, guys, gals, please listen to me. I beg you get into an IDP league in 2021. It will change your life. You'll never go back to playing just offense again. If it's a well run league with good people. Now I will say I've been in some IDP leagues that are just every some leagues just aren't meant to be. They don't last. But if you get in a good, well structured IDP league, I promise you, you will never look back. You will never not want to play it again. You will see what I mean. You will. When I say the the variables, you will have a full chessboard. You will have a full set of players to create a fantasy football team and go win. that's all for me, IDP Army. I've been on my soapbox since, since Ian left. Ian, if you're out there watching, listening somewhere, again, dude, I super appreciate you coming on. It was great ch- talking with you. Um, hopefully we can do it again sometime dennis thanks for tuning in you've been here a while i really appreciate that dennis is my editor guys go follow dennis culture coach on twitter he's an awesome dude make sure you check out his podcast the uh the fantasy round table uh that's a good show over there he he's got an idp army shirt too i sent it to him i don't know if you guys ever see it on on him but uh dennis you better be wrapping that shirt every now and then i'm gonna see you in canton here in a few months so if you don't got that idp army shirt we might have some words but man so anyway idp army that's it for me go like subscribe blah 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 you know what to do all right i'm out
0: let the rain hit the sand
1: Build a house on a rock, got a plan Gotta get stocks, keep them bands Hear the clock tick, blades on the fan Used to be mundane on a Monday Now you have fun day on a Sunday Boom. Cause you switching it up and you living it up